this is Runehammer. RPG Talks. Design theory, Q&A, and counter methods, story building, DM deep thinking, and game building. It's all right here. So strap in, and may your dice roll high. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of RPG Talks here on Runehammer. Good to have you guys. Um, well, so September is is coming to a close here, and wow, it's crazy to think that um, the Runehammer Patreon only started a month ago. It's already kind of been a wild ride. Thank you, as I say so many times, to all of you for supporting. That will keep this whole thing going, and honestly, it just makes everything that I'm working on go further, deeper, crazier than ever before. So you know my goal. It's not only to survive, but to thrive, not only to do, but to excel. And that's what we're going to do. And that brings me to the subject of today's RPG talk. I had a funny comment come up. I think it was on the Viking Death Squad video. Um, Very short comment, kind of a curt little comment that basically just said, you're a railroader. And my response was like, okay, LOL. But not everyone may realize it, but every uh, little comment on Twitter and on YouTube and everywhere, uh, those little comments get to people that are creating material for the internet. They they reach us, at least for me, I can speak for myself. Um, every once in a while, a comment will just pierce through uh, all the other conversations and threads that are going on. And it'll make you think, even though you know, like, eh, it was probably just a passing comment. It's probably not a big deal. But I thought to myself, I'm not a railroader. What? Why would I? Why would someone accuse me of being a rail? Railroading's bad. And that brings us to the subject of today's RPG talk: railroading. What is it really? Now, I think railroading is a term that is tossed around in our hobby as much as OP, which you guys probably have seen that video where I kind of go crazy on the overuse and incorrect use of the term overpowered. But I would say that railroading is very, very commonly used and inappropriately used. I think it's mainly used to just sort of troll other people that are creating RPG content. I don't think it's generally used in a thoughtful way. It's sort of a pejorative or derogative, derogatory um, term that I I think it's just sort of tossed out there, right? Like poop on you, poop on what you're doing. You're a railroader, bleh. But in fact, it is a very useful term because it is something that you don't want to do. And it's worth thinking about what it means both so that you as a dungeon master can feel great about how you're doing your work, your play, your adventures, your stories. You want to feel good about them. And also it's useful to think about because they are pitfalls that you want to avoid. You don't want to be a railroader. And even if you are or aren't, you don't want a player to feel like They're being railroaded. And that's where we really start to get to the true essence of what the term means. Okay, so before I go much further, let me just give you my fundamental thesis on what it really means. It comes in two parts. Railroading is not an active 
behavior or activity of a dungeon master. Railroading is a reactive behavior by dungeon masters. And herein, we get the most sort of visibility into what this term really means, especially from a player's perspective, which is where it really matters the most. Okay, so let's dissect those two things a little bit, okay? First of all, what is not railroading? I I think that this is important to look at because if sometimes you're having some self-doubt, like I do all the time, about, you know, well, I just kind of wrote this story out and there's really only three rooms for this this session tonight. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and have the paladin have a sort of a holy, you know, encounter with her God. And it's going to be awesome and level her up. And then there's this other thing. This guy's going to appear and it turns out he's his brother and stuff. And that'll be really cool. And then you lean back and you're like, oh, man, am I just like force feeding this whole session? Okay. Railroading is not having a strong plot. Whether that plot is your campaign, whether that plot is your adventure, whether it's even the next five minutes of gameplay. If you have the dungeon master, as the dungeon master, have a really clear sense of sort of what's going on or what's to come, that is not railroading. So feel good about it. Secondly, railroading is not playing through a linear sequence of events. That is not being railroaded. Sometimes sequences of events play out in a linear fashion, and that's okay. That's not railroading. That's just stuff happening. Think about your day each day. You supposedly are a completely free-willed creature, right? With an infinite number of choices that confront you every single day when you wake up. But generally, most of the time, you're proceeding through linear series of events that you sort of either need to do, want to do, or are obligated to do in some way. And that doesn't make you feel like, oh, the universe is just wringing my neck right now. I'm just being led by the nose. No, you're not. You're still making millions of tiny choices at every given second. And it's the same with uh, RPGs. Just because things are happening in a linear fashion does not make it a railroad. Another one. Railroading is not openly stating the objective for your players. You have to go kill Garrett Frack. That's not a railroad. That's what needs to get done. So often railroading is described as like, well, you know, the only way to not railroad is to, uh, you know, offer this huge sort of sandbox universe where the players can really do whatever they want and stuff like, you know, yeah, a sandbox can definitely avoid railroading, but having a clear objective that you state as the dungeon master is far from railroading. It's awesome. It gives you purpose. It gives you direction. So feel free to do that as a dungeon master. You're not railroading. Another thing that is not railroading is having only one way out. Okay, so we're, we're navigating these tunnels underneath the orc fortress, right? And there's twists and turns and there are traps and there are rooms with guards in them. And then there's one room where they're sleeping and then they have a monster chained to the wall in another room and all this stuff. Players are running around. In my mind as the dungeon master, I sort of secretly know there's really only one way out of here. They need to find that one way out. Oh my God, this is kind of getting crazy. That's not a railroad. Just because you have a solution to things does not make it a railroad. So 
feel confident in just offering, well, they actually have to find the sewer and take the drain out of the orc tunnels. That's fine. If things drag on and get weird and they can't find it, can't figure it out, okay, maybe you change its location a little bit. Maybe you give them a really obvious clue. Maybe you have a, an orc that runs down there and escapes himself. Okay, finally, railroading is not knowing what's next as the dungeon master. Okay, so I'm going to go into this night of gameplay, right? And I'm already pretty sure that the night after this one is going to be the big dragon battle. That does not make me a railroader. That just means I have a series of sort of scenes or themes in my movie that is my campaign or my group. And those things are going to happen. That's not railroading. There are still, as I said before, millions, an infinite number really, of tiny choices that players are going to be making about how things play out, exactly what happens, how did the story go, what were the emotions what rose? What fell? What was a surprise? What was boring? None of these things have been determined by you. You're just 100% sure that the next time your friends come over, we're, battle, we're battling a big dragon. That does not make you a railroader. You don't need to leave so many threads open that your players are absolutely determining the entire fate of the entire story at any given moment. No, 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 no. You're not railroading if you know what comes next. Now, the reason that I spend the last five minutes talking about what railroading is not is, as I mentioned, I want you guys to do these things and feel good about it. <laughs> now, it might seem silly, but I have this, this kind of trouble all the time when I'm running games of doubting if I'm offering this or wondering if I'm doing that good enough. And then especially every once in a while, just because I've put myself out in, the, in a public space, I, I will get a, a flippant or scathing comment like, you're a railroader, uh, you know, that's it. Like there was no, there was no sentence. There's no punctuation. You know how sometimes those really short comments can feel sort of the meanest. So those are self-doubts that, that of course I have, but just having a strong imagination as a dungeon master, having a strong thrust of action and thrust of story is not the same as railroading. So don't be afraid of that word. Have a strong thrust. Have a potent imagination. Have a vision of where it's going. Let it go there. Now, when we talk about the players and how they fit into that vision, now let's take the opposite side. What really is railroading? Not what it isn't, but how about some examples of things that are totally fair to call railroading. Like, dang, you just railroaded that. Ouch. Okay, first, saying no. This is one of the most fundamental, accidental behaviors of Dungeon Masters, is to say no to a player who wants to do XYZ. And it was not within the Dungeon Master's plan. They don't have any preparation that fits the, the question or, or desire or plan of the player, and they just say no. And there goes the mood is, is, is pooped. <laughs> and often the dungeon master has good reason to keep a player out of that region or from going that direction or making that choice, but find another way. And this is 
a common mantra of the new age of role-playing games is never say no, always say yes, but, or yes, and, or yes, then. So you're, they're cruising along through the valley and one of them says, well, I don't think we should go here. You know, it looks like we're going to get ambushed. Let's go east and go around the valley. The dungeon master may not even know what's to the east. But instead of saying, no, you, you actually can't go east with whatever methods. He says, yeah, you go east a ways and you find, you know, a landslide and it's difficult going, but you continue with your plan. And then there's a rocky field and, you know, OK, just go with it. Just go with it. It's OK. You can still get them to the same location. Just as saying no is the most rudimentary and I think most common form of railroading. Now, even worse than saying no is to invent false and unbeatable barriers that are really a cloaked way of saying no. And this is sometimes happens because maybe the dungeon master doesn't have the, the candor or the courage or the honesty at this particular moment to just say no. And so they, they contrive the answer no. So we want to go east and we want to climb the castle. Instead of saying, no, you, you just can't. It's unclimbable. Okay, that would be a bummer, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. Even worse is when the dungeon master makes up a bunch of stuff about why you can't climb the castle. And you can, you can feel it as the player. This is all being, well, there's this, there's this super slick moss. And every time you try, you just, you just can't. You just can't. And to me as a player, that feels even worse than just being told, hey, I don't really have any prep in that area. Just kind of here, let me steer you back over here a little bit. So it's like I turn a corner and, oh, well, yeah, there's there are 300 armored knights there. So you can't go that way. And it's like, what? <laughs> so improvising these false, implacable barriers because you're not comfortable just saying, no, I don't really, the game doesn't really go over that direction is, is even worse. It's a cloaked form of saying no. And it can sometimes break player GM trust. Railroading can also be knowing the outcome. Now, Remember, railroading is not having one way out and not knowing what's next, but those are different than the outcome. The outcome of a series of events is very different than the storyboard of what's to come. The outcome is a word to me that evokes very specific results. At the end of this adventure, you will be fleeing the village. At the end of this adventure, the king will be dead. At the end of this adventure, the paladin will have turned evil. You know, it's like these very specific outcomes. If you as a dungeon master already have that in your mind going into the session, your players have no purpose. They barely need to be there. The outcome is what they determine. Remember, if the king lives or dies this session, you can still story your way through the dragon arriving next session. Okay, that's great. But the king living or dying, the outcome, the consequences, the results of individual action, that is entirely the purview of the players. And if you interfere with it or predetermine it or dislike some of the options available, then I'm sorry, but you're probably railroading those players and they're going to feel it. Another one, and this is a brutal one, as a dungeon master, is buffing yourself. So you see that your players are just 
killing it, kicking ass. And as a response, you overbuff yourself. You, you, you make your stuff oddly powerful all of a sudden, and the players feel it. Now, it can be one thing if you tell the table, hey, guys, this is just ridiculous. You're just spanking these dudes. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, modify this ragged sword rule here. So any of the orcs you encounter with ragged swords, they're going to be doing double damage. Does that sound fair to everyone? Okay, that's cool. But if you don't open up to the table like that and under the table, you buff yourself as a dungeon master to kind of get at them. That's not good. And especially if you do it to the extreme, like, oh, my God, I think they're going to kill my dragon. Oh, I, I don't want that. I wanted him in another story. There again, you're pushing the outcome. Let them kill your dragon. Man, they're going to love it. Then worry about the ramifications. There are two more things that are railroading. And they're the two things that really make me grind my teeth. One is fudging dice. I believe that it is undermining to everything sacred and fun about the game and our hobby to fudge dice for any purpose. To me, it, it is a way of, of playing in a way that a player can't play. And if you have players fudging dice, then you're just in a room full of cheaters. And, and I can't be in that room. So... Don't fudge dice. I can see using a DM screen for your cards, your miniatures, your notes, your rules, cheat sheets. All of these things are great and, and can be really cool to be hidden and to reveal. But dice must be rolled in the open. They must. Finally, railroading is a fair word when one condition is met in a game, whether online, at a table, anywhere. If players feel frustrated, players are there to have fun. If they feel frustrated by things that are happening, and I don't mean, you know, rolling low on their D20 or, you know, because they're, they drank their energy drink too quickly <laughs> or their chair is too low, right? But I mean, because of the way that events are unfolding and they feel frustrated or like driven to violence when they clearly didn't want to or... They feel stymied, then you as the dungeon master are railroading them. And you've got to see it happening and correct. This is a lot like my analogy that dungeon mastering can be like DJing a party. If people stop dancing or stop having fun, you need to adapt and correct. It doesn't mean that you've ruined everything. Everyone makes mistakes and slips off the golden path now and again. There's no reason to beat yourself up about it. But if you have a frustrated player or worse, like all of the players are group frustrated that they can't just walk down the street or they can't just go through this door or they can't just X, Y, Z and the frustration is visible, you, you really need to course correct. There are plenty of things in real life that are frustrating. <laughs> we should never be frustrated playing D&D. This is our way of having fun. And this brings us back to the yes and mindset is like, have fun. If your game is frustrating anyone, it's not a game anymore. It, it's now labor. <laughs> so there is my big analysis of what railroading is and where what railroading isn't.
And I hope that'll give you a sense not only of feeling better about how you're dungeon mastering and better about creating stories and strong, thrusted adventures, but also to help you self-critique, which is something that I just do way too much of. I guess it's why maybe I'm cut of a cloth that is conducive to this podcast. Constantly self-critiquing how good a story feels, how fun a moment is, how free a character is in this particular little case. And you know, it boils down to simpler and more human things than you might think. A lot of times dungeon masters get it in their mind that for a thing to be fun or surprising or or big, it has to be complex and large and unfolding. A Rubik's Cube of adventure convolution that is revealed in a massive epiphany of amazingness. But the truth is, at least in my experience, some of the simplest little things can be so rife with freedom and with nuance and with role-playing. And they can be right in the middle of a, a sword fight. They can be right in the middle of a gun battle. But if the players at the table have fellowship and love between each other and the DM is in a bright mood and is is letting it all unfold, sometimes just running across a field and throwing a rock at a thing (laughs) can be that moment, that huge realization moment of like remembering why you're into this hobby so much, why you use so much time preparing and writing and doing character sheets and finding new dice that you really like and, you know, redoing your character sheet again. And (laughs) sometimes it's those smallest moments that hold all of this stuff that you as the dungeon master are working so hard to feel and realize for your players. And I often think that railroading is the result of forgetting that simple, simple fact. So, you know, in the sort of uh, Twitter sphere, there's lots of comments, lots of comments about what's awesome, what's coming up, you know, what's old, what what people like and don't like, what they're bored with, what they're excited about, right? But I think when it really comes down to being at the table, it all fades away, whether you're playing this system or that system, whether you're playing this source book or you're making it up on your own, whether you're playing so-called old, old school or you're playing something new and different. Systems are not fun. Source books are not fun. Sitting And playing with people is fun. And how you get there, well, everyone has a million different tastes. And no one should be accused of railroading unless those players are frustrated. Unless no is being said all the time. Unless the outcome is so determined already that the players are just accessories to my own DM fantasy. (laughs) But how you get there, what you're playing... We can argue about that forever, and I hope we do, because I think it's fascinating. Which books are exciting, and which labels and which systems are rising and falling, and which ones are popular, what mechanics are cool and wear off. But the wrong response is to pick a thing that you really like and then just just wring its neck, whether you're insisting on other people that a system is the best, that's a form of railroading. Or if you're insisting on your players that a solution or an outcome to this encounter is the best or the coolest, that's railroading. And you you can feel yourself do it sometimes out in the real world, too. 
which is a, a feeling, a strong feeling that accidentally leads you to sort of impose on another person. And when you see that other person feel frustration, you know you've done it. And it's okay. All you have to do is correct and just say, oh man, well, I didn't mean to squish on your birthday party there, but I'm going to have to say waffles are better than pancakes, bro Cephas. They're just plain better, dude. It's not even up for argument. (laughs) Okay, now you got to fight on your hands. (laughs) Okay, so this was my little talk about what really is railroading. And, And I hope... It gives everyone just this feeling of like, oh, man, I, I don't railroad. No, I shouldn't be worried about it. Actually, I'm going to get back to that swamp adventure I was working on, you know, where the, the, the mushroom people, it turns out they're not mushroom people at all. They're all human beings who are turned into mushrooms because of the curse. And you got to go kill the hag because the hag is keeping the curse going. And she's doing it because she has the prince in this weird room down below the swamp. Okay, well, you have to go save the prince to save the mushroom people. Is that a big railroad? Oh, hell no. There are a million little choices for players to make. The what of what happens is definitely your purview as the dungeon master. The what of the scenes, of the big ideas. But the how, the how has to be the purview of the players. And if you take that away from them, you might as well just tell them to go home. (laughs) Now, am I railroading my definition of railroading? I hope not. I hope I've been, whoops. I hope I've been fair in in considering all sides to the problem. And really, I'm just taking you on my own internal journey of asking myself, do do I railroad my players? Oh, my God. I don't want to do that. And a few times I have been frustrated in games as a player. I don't know that it always occurs to me as like the term railroading, because I think it's kind of a mean term I don't really use in casual uh, conversation. (laughs) But if you're feeling frustration, it, it could be that your voice isn't being heard. And if that kind of stuff continues, well, it's time for tribunal, you know, it's time to to raise your hand and to say, hey, you know, I actually feel like we're kind of just being shunted down this this path here to kill this guy. I I don't really want to kill this guy. I I don't really want to, I thought we were going to do this other thing. And it seemed like we got irrationally stopped. (laughs) So I just want to, what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. Now I want my share. Can't you see? It's an RPG. Anyway, so I guess it took three episodes of RPG Talks for me to start singing in the podcast. So uh, we've, we've officially reached a higher level of comfort and a lower level of quality. <laughs> okay, well, hey, everybody, I'm going to get out of here. We're coming up on a half an hour. I hope this discussion of railroading was useful to you guys. And thanks, everyone, for your support in September. Uh, this will probably be the last piece for September. And then next week... It's going to be October, and we're going to have all kinds of fun. So we're going to have the next two chapters of A Burning in New Haven. Um, We're going to have some new stuff that's going to be happening on YouTube that we're going to bring on over. Um, There's another chapter of Rangers of Numidia in the works and three more RPG talks. It's going to be great. also want to do um, a Halloween episode next month because we all love All Hallows' Eve, Samhain, the coolest of all the holidays. And so we are going to celebrate in style here at Roanhammer. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. Strength, 
honor and be your love one another, hang in there, and make tomorrow just a little bit better than today. I'll see you soon. This is Hanker and Fernail signing off. Mm-hmm.